Welcome to the Mill Housing Nation podcast, where we bring you stories from real military spouses who have been in your shoes. From new spouses to veteran spouses, you'll get tips, tricks, and actionable steps that can help you along your military life journey. This episode is brought to you by Caliber Home Loans. Caliber is committed to educating military families about their VA loan benefits and bringing military families home. Get connected with them online by visiting Caliber at CaliberMilitaryLending.com. Now, here's Ashley Peebles. Welcome, everyone, to the Meal Housing Nation podcast. My name is Ashley Peebles. This is my incredible husband, Daniel Peebles. And we are together on this podcast because we are doing a series on marriage. And it is something that we are passionate about. Um, We have been through the poop. And I feel like when you get on the other side of the poop, you can help other people avoid the poop. Um, And that really is, it's one of our missions in life. It is a passion to us. We are proponents of healthy marriages. So we really love that we get to do this on this podcast. Um, And we are on vitamin number three. So like I explained in the very first marriage series is the reason that I'm calling these marriage vitamins is you need to take your vitamins in every walk of life, right? You want to make sure that you're living your healthiest life. And the same thing goes for your marriage. You don't want to get to the point where you have to take medicine for your marriage. So why not inject these vitamins into your marriage right now so that you don't get to the point where you need the medicine? Here's the thing. If you're at the point where you need the medicine, take it, go to counseling, do the things that you need to do. Seek wisdom from people who have been there before. Do what you need to do, because just like your life is worth saving, your marriage is worth saving. All right. So, sorry, I digress. So, our vitamin number three is communication. Uh, Duh. I know that's what you're all thinking. Of course, we have to communicate. But we're going to talk about communication in what we think is a really different way. Um, And honestly, it came from the book, The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work. Um, by Dr. John Gottman. It is an incredible book. We will always tell you where we got uh, you know, the information that we're going to give you. The truth is we're all just big copycats in life anyway. You read something, you love it, you implement it, and then you can tell you know, it, it sounds like yours, but this is not our stuff. But it did work in our life and it works in the friends and family around us. It works in their lives as well. So communication. Do you want to kick us off? Yeah. So, um, obviously, it, the communication is key to anything. It's the fabric of uh, all relationships, not just marriage. And so, in Dr. Gottman's book, uh, his first book uh, called The Relationship Cure. So, if you're looking for that, I, I would definitely go with that one. Um, and he talks about communication being um, more than just words, right? We've heard that, right? Communication is so much more than just words. I think. The statistic is something like 7% of communication is actual words, the rest is nonverbals. But what he says is more than communication, it's about um, bid, what he calls, calls bids for emotional connection. And this comes from, they've got some, like they call it the love laboratory, but they've studied thousands and thousands of couples where they bring them in and they just observe them, right, for, for days on end. And they, you know, normalize everything and get to a point where they're comfortable around um, you know, people kind of watching from, from behind the scenes and cameras and things like that. And, and what they've discovered is it's, it's really just everyday bids for emotional connection. There's no big, like marriages don't just tank after like these couple of big fights, right? And marriages don't succeed because they're always like, 
oh, I love your eyes, right? That, that's not it. It's through the everyday interaction. And it's, and it's, and I'll give you a couple of examples, but through these emotional bits for connection and the response to that is really where people go, like that's where that builds foundation of, a, of healthy relationships. So there's really, so a bid for emotional connection is anywhere from being like, hey, did you see in the news that blah, 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 like the Orioles won the ball game, right? Now, that, that has nothing to do with I love you. It right? doesn't do with you're beautiful and you're amazing, right? It has nothing to do with the love languages that we talked about last time. But it, it, if she's, if I say that to her, that is me reaching out for emotional connection. I'm not looking for, you know, a love letter. I just am reaching out, right? And so there's, there's three ways really a person would respond to that. And, and if you think of it like ping pong, right, um, where, you know, how the whole purpose of ping pong is the, the best games of ping pong, right? Is to like hit it and the partner hits it back and they hit it to them and the partner hits it back and it goes back and forth. And that's how conversation, that is how communication works. So with that being said, there's three ways to return an emotional bid for connection. And the first one is, is a positive return, right? So, I, you know, I say, hey, babe, did you see that the Orioles, uh, you know, the Orioles won the ball game? I don't know why I said Orioles. I don't But, even. like, <laughs> I don't even watch baseball, and I really don't even don't follow know. the Orioles. But so. we are from Alabama. You're wearing a Roll Tide shirt. We only follow college football. And he comes out with the baseball <laughs> analogy, and it's the Maybe Orioles. Maybe he uses it in the book. I don't, I don't even know. So, but the, but the bottom line is I say that to her, right? She's off, like, say she's doing something. Or her positive return would be. Something to the effect no, of... No, I didn't. No, I didn't. See, so what, it's what? not a positive. I'm not saying, oh, I love the Orioles. Tell me more. So that is what people think a positive return would be like. Oh, I just love that. Tell me more about baseball. I mean, he could say that right now, and I'd probably be like, no, I didn't hear that. Why are you talking about baseball? That's still a positive return because I volleyed the ball back to him, right? Yeah, and so then we now we have a dialogue, and that is how that ping pong game right goes back and forth. Now, the other way is she could be like, why are you talking about baseball? Or you're an idiot. Like, we don't watch baseball, right? That is equivalent to her. I lobbed it over, right, over ping ball, and she spiked it in my face. Yeah. So think about how I said it. No, I didn't. That's interesting, though. Why are we talking about baseball? That's a positive response. No. uh, Why are we talking about baseball? Same words. One is a positive return and one is a negative return. All right. Yeah, no, that, that's great. And the third one is, um, is no response at all. Right. That I love it over. Hey, did you see the Orioles won this baseball game or whatever it was? Nothing. Right. Think about that in ping pong. I love it over. And it just, right. Eventually I'm going to stop playing. Yeah. Right. That, 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 what happens in relationships is they go, did you see the Orioles or, Hey, did you see this in news or, Hey, did you, how was, you know, what, what happened with X, Y, Z and nothing happens. Nothing comes back in return. So eventually I stopped communicating. I just shut up because, and I will tell you that when they did the studies of relationships that were successful and the relationships that were not, although you would think that a negative return is bad and it's not great. You would think it would be the worst. You would think it would be the worst. Yeah. And and it's not great, 
but there are healthy, there are long-term relationships where that's kind of the dynamic. I can think <laughs> of a couple that they are blissfully happy, but they're like, they play a pretty mean game of ping pong, <laughs> right? Like they're spiking it at each other, but it works because that's their relationship. Right. And, and it works for them and their dynamic. Um, but, but the, they're still playing the same game. Yeah. And I think that is the difference to where you're going now. Even if you're spiking it back and it's really hard, you're still playing the same game and you're still playing together. And I think that is why the no return is the worst. Yeah. And obviously you would want to eventually, like you want it to be a normal flow. Like ding, ding, Yeah. Otherwise ding, you walk away right? from the Cause, table. Because eventually somebody's going to get mad and you're going to slam the ping pong paddle down and you're like, this is stupid. Why would we do it? Right. Obviously, the, the more the, the more you spike the return, the harder it comes. But the worst, and where marriages really start to, to sink, is when there's no return at all. And so what I would say is when, you, when you're dealing with your spouse or when you're talking with your spouse or when your spouse throws some random thing at you, right? It, or, or, again, it doesn't have these massive love gestures, but every type of communication is a bid for an emotional connection and how you respond to that really is the foundation of your marriage and will perpetuate you into what we're really going to really quick get over next. And I apologize. for No, you didn't at all. So the other thing I would actually want to add something onto what he said, this bid for emotional connection goes further than in your marriage. Um, we have teenage children uh, all the time, like we will, we will, you know, like lob the ball over and it will sail right past them on the phone, right? Like, hey, so how's your day so far? Nothing, right? Or hey, how's your day so far? And you get some little smart aleck comment. Not very often. We've got great teenagers, but occasionally, or, you know, we'll get something like, why, why are you asking me that? And we're like, it's a bid for emotional connection, guys. So it goes in every relationship, and it's really important to pay attention. And the ones that sail right past a lot of times in this day and age, it sails past because we're distracted. So like we talked about last week, when there are people like me that are quality time, it's really important that we put those phones down, that we put the things down that are, you know, taking our attention away and focus because it's not always that the person is ignoring you. It's just, we live in a really distracted world. So keep that in mind. Yeah. And it's, I knew it, you had something yeah, to sorry. say. No, no, I'm, I'm, glad you brought up, I'm glad you brought up the uh, love language because it's, I will say this, it's like, as they studied that it wasn't just the people with, you know, quality time, love languages. Now, obviously it's going to mean more, right? Um, but it is just like being present and just being aware of those emotional connections. And I will tell you, even as we have teenagers, right, who are learning their 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 own new personalities and all this other stuff, right, trying to grow their independence, um, bringing this concept into that relationship has helped it because now they know that, you know, dad, a dad joke is not a stupid dad joke and me just trying to make them look stupid or me, me trying to look stupid. It is, it's a bid for emotional connection and they start to recognize that and they recognize, Hey, let's return it back. And it, I'll tell you, it has improved our relationship even further with our kids and obviously with ourselves as well. All right. So the next thing that ties into the bids for emotional connection is called your PSO and your NSO. So that is your positive sentiment override or your negative sentiment override. So the reason I'm explaining this is because I've been in health and nutrition 
for a really long time. And there's something called the set point theory in your brain, in your hypothalamus, actually, where your body really enjoys a certain weight that you're at, right? And you can do things, you can try to lose weight, you can do this, you can do that, but your body really enjoys being at that weight. And it's hard to shift beyond that. You have to work really hard and push beyond normal limits to be able to shift your body's metabolism, right? Well, the PSO and the NSO work the same way for your relationship. And what it is, is basically your marriage, your relationship, it gets set at a certain level. And if it gets set at a really high PSO, so positive sentiment override, what that means is it takes a whole lot more negativity to drown out that positivity. Or if it gets set at a really high NSO, it means it's going to take a whole lot more positive to reset that. So think about it. If your marriage has a really high negative sentiment override, you could say, like, if, if you're not doing well, you could save a baby in the middle of the street and your spouse would find something wrong with it. Like, nah, you didn't do it fast enough, right? We all know marriages like that to where their NSO, the negative, is so high that even when they do good things, it's not quite enough to build up to the negative override. But on the other hand, if you can get your marriage set where your positive override is so high, it takes a whole lot more to chip away at it. So for instance, when if Daniel and I are getting ready for a party and I'm like, hey, babe, where are the napkins? If he says they're, they're in the place where they always are, just like that. And we have a hot, he would never say that. He's so nice. <laughs> Anyways, but he was like, they're right they're in the drawer, right where they always are. If we have a high PSO, then I'm going to think, all right, whoa, geez, like he's just stressed because people are coming over, but that was odd, right? But if we have a, if we have a high NSO and negative sentiment override, and he says, they're in the drawer where they always are, that's going to start a fight because I'm going to come right back at him, right? So understand that where your relationship is sitting is really important to how you perceive different things. Yeah. And, and just, so if you're sitting there going, man, I kind of feel like like we're not all lovey-dovey, right? But yet, you know, so where are we, right? Where are we? Where is my NSO to PSO ratio kind of thing? I, I will tell you um, what you've got to do is really kind of just look and evaluate, um, how, you know, those bids for emotional connection, right? Or are we constantly slamming it back? And so, like, or are you finding yourself kind of doing things in contempt? Right. And we're going to talk about the four horsemen next next time. But like, are you are you finding that you're that that when things come at you kind of hot, do you look at that and give your partner the benefit of the doubt? Or do you take that on and be like, always that way. Right. And so and so and so the question, the next question is, okay, where are you at? And then how do you get better? And I'll tell you, how do you get better? is taking the time to, to return those volleys, right? Uh To return those bids for emotional connection. And I will tell you, tune your frequency, like tune your brain into understanding. And it sounds kind of like all like squishy stuff. And I'm not the most, I'm not a squishy person. Uh, But you've got to tune your brain into that idea that going, Oh, he just told me about something I care nothing about but he's reaching out mm-hmm. and I am going to honor that. I'm going to return that 
in kind. Again, it doesn't have to be like, wow, babe, you're the most incredible, handsome man I've ever seen. And all he did was tell you about the, taking out the trash. Did you see that squirrel out by the trash can? You're amazing, babe. No, that's not it. Wow, really? Right? Be interested in it or and it, it or just, just return it, right? Return it in kind and carry that dialogue. And what you will feel, you will start to build those that strong foundation and you will feel your PSO start to grow. Go ahead. So you celebrate the smallest wins and you honor the smallest try. That's what it is. You know, if they are trying, honor that and notice it, notice it. How about just notice it and celebrate the wins. Like if someone, if you are used to like slamming it back, Hey, where are the napkins in the drawer? They always are. And they say, they're in the drawer where they always are. And they make it into a joke. Celebrate the fact that that used to be something that you would have thought about, right? So honor the tries, celebrate your wins. And then another, just a couple of things right here at the last minute is sometimes communication is knowing what not to say, right? So you understand your partner. We get to know them better and better over time. Sometimes it's just knowing what not to say because there are things that you can say that are really hard to undo. Do you want to quickly tell this story? Oh, no, go ahead. I think you, okay. you tell it better than I do. All right. So there was a grandfather. And what he did is every time his grandson what, you know, was mean to him, was ugly to him or said something negative, he went out and he put it, he had to nail a, a nail into the fence, right? Nail a nail. And he was just being ugly, nailing a nail, nailing a nail, nailing a nail all the way down. And he told him that when he started correcting his behavior and he started being kind, he'd go out there and they would pull out a nail for every time. So obviously he grew and they started pulling the nails back out of the fence. Well, at the end, the grandfather looked at him and he told him, he was like, you see all of those negative things that you said, all of the times that you acted out, that you were ugly to me. I forgave you because that is what we do as parents. That's what we do as couples. That's what we do in relationships, but you can never make the holes go away. And I think that anytime we're talking about communication, I think it's so important to understand that you can't take some things back for good. There's some things that you can't unhear. So if you tend to be an ugly fighter, you tend to be somebody that slams the ball right back down. You're going to have to work a little bit harder in order to hold the things. And please know that I feel you on this. I am slightly quick witted and I am very, um, I don't, so words are not my love language. We'll just put it that way. So it's very easy for me. Like I could fight and like say all the ugly things and not really like mean it. Right. Can't do that. That is not something that you can do in a healthy relationship, marriage, children, any of that. So it's so important that if you are someone that tends to spike it back, that you take a deep breath, that you do whatever it is that you need to do in order to hold back some of those things you don't really mean because you can never make the holes in the fence go away. So we love you guys. We appreciate you listening to us today. We appreciate you joining us. Make sure that you subscribe from wherever it is that you're listening today. We appreciate you. And then make sure that you join us back next week for vitamin number four. Thank you for listening to the Millhousing Nation podcast. To connect with Millhousing Network, visit us online at milhousingnetwork.com. 